You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Revenge After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424 424- Two five six seventeen twenty nine, and now another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Revenge After Show. Welcome everybody. Bing is for doing. We're here doing another Revenge Season Two, Episode Seven, Penance Episode. I, of course, am your host Phil Svitek. Join alongside Gabrielle Loren and Anna Koppel. Welcome, guys. So, we've got a great Revenge. What's the official Revenge? What does this Nolan say? I want to be more like Nolan. Well, Phil, uh, fortunately for me, I can, I can help explain this. Phil explained earlier that it's like agenda, but Revenge. But it sounds like he's just doing a weird accent. So. But Nolan says it all the time. What's on the Revenge today? Anyway, we've got a great Revenge today because things are really revenge in this episode. <laughs> uh, let's get the most boring one out of the way. Um, we saw a little bit of snippet of it. Um, Nate and his brother. Um, they're trying to take over the boating industry here at uh, the Hamptons. I don't know what. I don't know where this is going, but you know the plot thickens, I guess. But so, does this mean that he actually likes Jack and Declan? And he's kind of a good guy. Ah, uh, he he might be going that way. It seems like he was kind of softening up, being that he was telling his brother Nate, no, but all of these guys are good guys. Because Nate was talking about bringing down everybody by taking boats and breaking leases, I guess. I don't know. Well, he said something about the father not being a good guy, and he said the old man's dead. Yeah. But. He said the old man's dead. Well, uh, for me... He- What's interesting is that it's Nate and him are, are brothers, right? Just like Jack and Declan are brothers. And, uh, you know, there's always, with Jack and Declan, there's always that struggle for power. And uh, in this relationship, it seems like Nate's kind of been the one in power and controlling and things like that. And I feel like he's, uh, not Nate, um, his brother is willing to go a certain step and, uh, you know, gain some money and hurt some people along the way, but obviously not to the point that Nate is. You know, and I I wouldn't be surprised if this whole thing was Nate's idea deep down. I don't know. That's I agree. the only conclusion I can come to. I think they're con artists, but I feel as though it is it Ryan Kenny. Yeah. He, I feel as though he has uh, built a relationship with Jack, so now he would feel a little guilty. I guess hurting him further. Yeah, that's why you never want to get to know the people that you're trying to. As obviously yeah. we found out with Jack or um, with um, Daniel and Emily, she kind of, or yes, she kind of fell for him last season, as we've come to discover. Yes, she did. Um, but on all in all, that that's what I have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much it. I mean, unless you guys really want to talk about no. this, there's, there's nothing to really talk. We don't about. don't know that's that much, anyways, about it to talk about it. And they never. And here's the thing: they never get us previews about it, so it's clearly not an important thing to them. Right. At least, like, I mean, in terms of storylines working, there's an A storyline, a B storyline, you can have a C storyline. We're on to the Z storyline with this. Honestly. You know? Yeah. Uh, we're as far down the totem pole as you can get. But let's let's talk about the totem pole. Because, uh, worst transition ever. But you guys have really responded from last week, and uh, I gave you guys a mission to get us four stars on iTunes, and we accomplished that mission. So uh, I do want to thank you guys. Um, I would like to encourage for those of you who, li- who are listening to continue that. Let's get to 4.5, you know? I'll settle there. You know, I won't push you guys till 5, but I think four point. If you guys want to go to 5, that's great, but I think if we get 4.5... 
you know, that's a good goal. Um, so please rate and comment and also tell your friends. And uh, let me also speak about our YouTube viewers because sometimes you guys feel left out. I actually do read those comments. I know you, you girls obviously read them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so you guys don't go unnoticed. And there's actually a lot of good theories that you guys bring up. And um, I w- we'll t- talk about this a little bit more. But someone said that uh, Conrad, Victoria, and Emily might have to team up against the initiative. Like, that's a pretty good theory. Yeah, there there are a lot of good theories that happen on YouTube, and and I enjoy them. So you gotta so yeah. keep them coming. That's right. Um, so again, thank you guys. Now, let us talk about uh, Conrad and Victoria. I want to start. I, uh, you know, it, it was tough kind of picking tonight's topics. You know, in terms of order and things like that. But let's talk about uh, Conrad and Victoria, and I specifically like kind of their meeting at the beach. It was really weird. I don't know. I don't know the right word. What did you like about it? Uh, Well, A, the the fact that they were teaming up. You know what I mean? They had this fake marriage, and now they are kind of becoming husband and wife, uh, but for all the wrong reasons. Well, you mean because he says, are you suggesting we go toe-to-toe with the initiative? And she says, let's... Let's do it. You and I, like, we'll take him to hell. Drag him to hell with us. Yeah, go ahead. I feel like at the same time, what else do they have to lose? So they might as well try and take them down. They've already almost lost everything, so. Yeah, but they could throw each other under the bus. I feel they could, like. but either way, they're already under the bus anyways, I feel like. I, I think that towards the end of the episode, uh, there was, you know, when uh, Kara had them blindfolded and, you know, they held hands. And then at the end of the episode where Conrad wishes her a good night and says, I'll be right outside your door. I, I think those were genuine sort of dear moments between the two of them. So there seems to be some sort of, some level of caring about each other there. I, I, I agree, but let me pose this. I mean, they're in a desperate situation. I mean, who else do they have to grab onto? So it's, all right, it's either... I have you and you have me and we're not going to do any better right now. And, you know, we come up with a plan and kind of get out of this. You know, um, I don't think there's not genuine love there. Well, let's talk about the scene when Kara was pointing the gun at them and they were blindfolded and they grabbed each other's hands. Okay. To me, that makes me think they're stripped of everything that they've been displaying to us. Because if you can think about somebody pointing a gun at you and you have your life flashed before you, at that point, what are you thinking about? Is your life's flashing in front of you? I feel like their demeanor and everything that they've been representing throughout the whole show is just being let go of. They're being who they naturally are. Are. They're not putting on a facade or trying to be something they're not or putting each other against each other. Like, this is who they fell in love with. That's I a feel good like, point. And, and we'll mean? definitely talk about Carr and her storyline. Um, that's actually a really good point, Gabby. Let me ask you this. Did you guys buy what Conrad was saying about David Clark in those moments? Like, I know he was saying it as a distraction, but it almost felt real. I never buy what Conrad around. is saying anymore. I never, really? Not even in that moment? Cause, never believe him anymore. Because Victoria looked at him, and she, I think she was contemplating herself, like, wait, is he making this up, or is this for real? And wanna, uh, So you disagree. What about you? I think it was legitimate. I think he really did feel betrayed by her. However, I think then it got to a point where when she looked at him, he kept speaking so he could distract Kara from seeing Victoria slip in and grab the gun. Yeah. So it was kind of a look like, keep going, keep going. I mean, either way, it's it actually was pretty weird if you think about it. I mean, the whole reason why he killed David Clark is because he wanted him to feel the pain that he felt from the betrayal. Like, that's... that's that, Well, that's not... I mean, that doesn't even make sense because he's not feeling pain. He's dead. You know, if you're torturing somebody, then you, they need to stay alive. Well, well, they tortured him by pinning everything on him. Then, then they eventually killed him. Right, but I... And, 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 and as Emily um, in her VO says, you know, some people think death is penance and all that. So, you know what I mean? Yeah. Interesting how that was, that tied into that speech. Yeah. 
But, I mean, I could see that because if Conrad felt betrayed by Victoria cheating and falling in love with somebody else and pretty much breaking up the family, this is way of Conrad being like, well, who do, don't I care about within the company? David Clark wronged me. I'm going to wrong him. Yeah. And then throw him under the bus. I mean, that's a pretty serious retribution, though. It is. But are we surprised? Uh, no, I mean, not at this point. And, but I'm just saying, I, I don't know. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a fair retribution. And, <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense that, you know, oh, this is the reason. I don't think the level of disdain between Conrad and Victoria that we've seen, it, it just doesn't make sense that that would be the reaction. I think he would have uh, more... I think his his energy would be focused more towards Victoria than David. Okay, I agree with you. Um, you know, going back to your point, Anna, I think, you know, like you, you said, I've never trusted anything that Conrad said. If anything, that was the one moment that I was like, all right, you know what? He's kind of genuine. So for better, I mean, for me, whether or not that's right, I'm not, I'm not going to agree with him. But at least it was the first time I've seen actual real human emotion out of Conrad. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting, I have to say. I agree. I think the very beginning was legitimate and real. And it was nice, yeah, to see them be normal people like us all and we can relate. Yeah, and he was like, uh, <laughs> if you also notice the difference between the, the beach scene and that scene, you know, w- w- when he was at the beach, he was still very sarcastic. He was emotional, but he was sarcastic. Oh, you know what? Why? Why kill myself when there's so many people in line to do so? Right. You know what I mean? Um, whereas in that moment, you could feel his pain. So, anyway, their alliance. <laughs> I, I I'm excited. I'm excited for this alliance because I, I do think it is it is as genuine as Victoria and Conrad could ever get. Know what I'm saying? For whatever that's worth. I agree. I hear you. I hear um, you. but. Let's talk about, um, what the hell did I write? Aiden's plan with Daniel. That's right. Aiden's plan with Daniel. Um, so obviously towards the end of the episode, um, Victoria wants to tell Conrad of the bad news. And Conrad, all he gets is bad news. Like this poor guy, you know, whether you like him or hate him, all he gets his way is just bad, bad news. Um, but anyway, Aiden, obviously this is kind of constructed through, um, Daniel and Aiden, um, so I want, I want to get your guys' opinion on this alliance and, you know, kind of the events of tonight. Well, I, I think this started with Emily. Emily took Aiden to brunch and said that he had 24 hours to position Daniel to take over Grayson Global. And I, think, I mean, Aiden and Daniel kind of had this in the works anyway, but I, I, the plan was sort of pushed forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, what? Why do you think that they actually need to have Daniel step up? Why is that so important for Emily and her plan? Well, um, I think it's the way I see it right now. Um, I see two reasons. A, Conrad, it's, it's easier. A, she wants to get Conrad down because he's the one who's been controlling this whole thing, and, and she she needs to have him lose power, A. And two, you know, for, I guess from Emily's perspective, it's very easy to control Daniel. As much as he thinks he's becoming like this macho man, he's still Daniel the, quote, dumbass. But then I don't she's, know. she's still going to have to deal with the initiative, but whatever. But, so then- but at least now, you know, as, as later on in the episode, um, Daniel or not Daniel, Aiden says to her, you know, we're ten, I'm 10 feet away from the initiative. He's talking to her directly, Daniel is. So now we're in. We're in with the initiative. Right. Okay. So. So, well, anyway, the way Aiden makes this happen is he goes to Nolan and gets this check from David Clark, which I feel is a complete betrayal to Emily because Aiden knows that Emily wants to keep Nolan safe. Yeah. This hurts Nolan completely. And it, like, it, it's going to ruin his company. It's going to ruin him. I feel so bad for Nolan. I just want him to succeed. And now that he's going to lose everything, but yet he's still such a trooper about the whole situation. You know, when he had the scene with Padma in the office, 
like he asked her if he would she would still care about him if he wasn't Nolan Ross. And Algernon. Yeah. <laughs> and she said yes and used his middle name, I guess. Yeah. Gross. But anyways, I I think it's crazy that he's such a good guy and so honest. He's the only honest person in this whole TV series. And it saddens me to see that his company may go. But I guess we'll find out, like, in the next... Well, Jack, too, but Jack's... I don't know. He doesn't count, whatever. Yeah. Nolan's... (laughs) I don't know. We all love Nolan. But I just feel horrible, and I I wonder if we're going to see everything go down in the next episode, or if it's going to take place over the next few episodes with the company. I think... Well, um, in terms of a timeline, you know, he obviously said... um, you know, tomorrow I'm, I'm going to be a different man. So that's really quick timeline. Yeah. But we also know next week's going to be the, or not next week. We're going to have an episode, I guess, in two weeks. It's going to be the Thanksgiving episode. So I'm, I'm wondering how that's going to all play out. We'll certainly talk about it more in predictions. Well, I, I felt really bad for Nolan because he said to Emily, uh, you know, you're the only real friend I've ever had. To which she kind of said, hope you didn't make plans this afternoon because I'm going to need you. I mean, just the worst. The worst. That she said that to him? Yeah. Yeah, she's only thinking about herself. Honestly. Because if she really cared about him as a friend, she'd maybe find another alternative to a plan than to bring down everything he's worked for his entire life. Yes. I mean, here's the correlation that we're kind of seeing um, is a... People have to align with people now, right? The, uh, especially now, the way things are going, the only way that you're going to be safe is by doing some sort of strategy. And now Nolan is directly tied to Emily's success. If Emily doesn't succeed, neither does Nolan. Um, so, you know, just the, ultimately just the stakes got higher. And I, I agree with you, it's pretty shitty. But, um, you know, what choice does Nolan have, I guess? What about Ashley's role in all of this? Because she seemed to be in cahoots with Conrad for a while. And now she seemed to be helping Daniel out. Because he, I mean, I know he said we're taking over the company. And we have speculated that she's just sort of in cahoots with whoever seems to have more power at that moment. Right. But I'm going to, you know, uh, I think it was you, Gabby, who pointed this out. And uh, many of our YouTube fans agree with you of like, Ashley's just going to go go with the guy who has the most power. Right. You know? Um, and I think, right? I mean, you, you were the yeah. one that said that, and I think we're certainly seeing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's an opportunist, we said. Yes. So I think at this point, Daniel has the upper hand. So she's sticking with him for the time being until the tables switch or something. But for now, it's Daniel, and he is winning over the investors and the initiative. So as long as that keeps playing out, she's going to keep working with him. Let's. T- but actually, that makes me think, if they bring other characters into the mix eventually that are trying to kind of grab a piece of it, a piece of the company, other schemes going on and scams, do you think that Ashley might work with somebody else outside of the family? Uh, to get what she wants. She'd be the first one to sign up for the initiative. Because I could yeah. see a storyline coming in where an, an outsider comes in and has an upper hand, maybe. Kind of like, what's his face? In the beginning, Tyler, right? Yeah. In the exact same situation. Well, where I, he's trying I, to get his hands in. I could see Ashley turning on Daniel, going outside the family, and then scheming against them all. Well, I, th- I think, if anything, she'd team up with um, the woman from the initiative. You know what I mean? That's oh my God! Could you imagine? I mean, they have the most power at this point. Yeah. So d- imagine Ashley making a pact with them. I just feel like she shouldn't be privy to all of these private conversations and why she was in the room for this stuff. Well, she is Daniel's girlfriend. So what? She's not Daniel's business partner. Well, she does. She's like an executive secretary. Oh, <laughs> an executive secretary? Is that even a thing? An exec assistant. <laughs> That's yeah, there. You go, executive assistant. Yes. Um. Hey, I mean, ultimately, you know, she's part of the family, for better or worse. She's balling, <laughs> literally. Uh, uh, I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about, um, first off, let's talk about Daniel's speech at the luncheon. Like, fine, like I'm fine. For me, I'm finally seeing Daniel as a man. 
giving a speech and being uh, yeah, being revengey. He has been so manipulated. Like the darkness in his eyes are just so much stronger than what they were last season. Cuz last season he was vulnerable, kind of weak, and now he yeah, he's turning into a man, I guess, and stepping up to the plate, but he's so dark now. Don't you agree? I agree. What about you, Anna? I completely agree. I think also last season he, uh, remember he had like gotten a DUI and um, like drunk at his mm-hmm. um, at his parents' Christmas party or something, and so I think he was suffering from a lot of shame and trying to get over this reputation, and now he's in a position to take over his father's company. So I, he's a different person now, and I think Emily also helped build him up a lot. And I think Emily did, but the, let's talk about Victoria because I think I think right now Victoria's thinking she's unleashed a monster because she's the one who said like, "Hey, you know, you need to be ready to take over um, for your father," and ultimately that's what he's doing right now. And I, I think Victoria sees it that way, and she's kind of blaming herself for unleashing this monster because she confronts him. Like, Why were you asking Car about this? And then she hears the you know all these things going on. What's her stance on this from your guys' perspective? Well, I think that Victoria wants to control him. And um, I like what you said that she's unleashed a monster. Because I don't, I think that, you know, she always wanted Daniel to take over the company, but so that she could be calling all the shots. That, you know, it was never for, for his own benefit. So I think uh, it concerns her, or scares her. When he goes he, rogue like that? Yeah. Gabby? I think so, too, but at the same time, they've lost so much control already that anything is better at this point. I feel like she, because she didn't step in. It's not like she was like, whoa, 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 hold on. She was in the room. She was listening when he made the speech to all the investors and the initiative, and she didn't stop him. So to me, that says she's just kind of, she has trust in her son. And I think that that whole family is very much masterminds. So I think she thinks that whatever he's up to, it's going to benefit in some way, but maybe also hurt somebody else. So I think that's why she also took concern to Conrad after they had their moment, you know, right before almost death. Yeah. You know, then she kind of felt bad. Oh, Conrad actually does care about me. Conrad, listen to this. Like, you know. Well, she was getting ready to tell him before that, too. Was she or did she already get caught by car in the bedroom and had to lead him up there? Because I was wondering that, actually, if she called him to the suite to tell him about Daniel. Because it seemed like it since it was right after the scene with Daniel. However, right when Conrad got upstairs, Kara was there with the gun. So I didn't know if... Victoria already knew she was up there and had to call Conrad up and into the room. She seemed to surprise them both, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But don't you guys think it's funny, like, with all these investors? And, you know, being that Daniel was up for murder season one, Conrad this season with Mason Treadwell. There's so much drama, and they have this huge company with big investors. Like, would you not pull your money out at that how many murder trials and this and that does it take for people to like invest in another company? Well, I think I think it comes from this, um, from a business perspective. A people know people kind of know Conrad in that you know you probably know that he's kind of shady, and he might make you a lot of money, but right now he's facing a lot of charges, and they're like, okay, these charges are true of this guy, right? Um, at least there's a chance. Whereas with Daniel, he, um, you know, he got off free. And, you know, um, at that point, you're much more apt to believe, like, okay, Daniel didn't do this. We figured out the case. It wasn't him, blah, blah. Um, so that's why. And, and now, especially with it, from a business perspective, if you're told, like, oh, wow, we can have no corp and we can make all this money, let's go for it. It's just funny to me because there's so much scandal. And I know if it was my money I was playing with, like, murder child number two, I'd be out. Are you kidding me? Like, what a bad reputation. As long as we make money, baby. Um, let's talk about Emily's plan and, uh, you know, her with Amanda and then eventually her and Nolan. Um, 
kind of, you know, it starts off against Mason. By the way, how, like, what a tease. Like, we were all teased, like, oh, he, Mason figured this whole plot out, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you're lesbian lovers. That was funny. Like, really? <laughs> I couldn't believe that was what his thought process was. I mean. That was great. I thought that that maybe wasn't his actual thought, and he was just using that as a ploy to get them to talk about something. Get him to go to lunch. I don't know. I was like, this can't really be what they came up with. No, nah, but he, if he was like that, I feel like he would have been like kind of more acting like, you are lesbian lovers. You know what I mean? He would have outright said it, whereas, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He's a tricky guy. I mean, he, I, I love his uh, speech. <laughs> you, you know, he always uses these ridiculous words. I know. I was paying mannerisms. attention to that tonight, too, especially all of the vocab words he was using. It was just incredible. It was like SAT 101 or yeah. something. And peppered with French. <laughs> like, it's so pretentious. I mean, I, didn't, I never took French. So I was lost. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you can learn a lot from watching this show. Seriously. Good thing we have subtitles below. <laughs> um, well, I guess in terms of the plan, let's let's talk about um, how Amanda clearly disagrees with the plan of Emily. I think right. she's just tired. But like, was that ever a good plan? Like to go ever? to Mason Treadwell and kill him and try to kill him with or without a gun. Because she did try to get the gun. Yeah. What did she bring with her? Like a crowbar or something? Uh, or like that a, was how yeah. she killed Frank. This is an interesting correlation. The same way, actually, yeah. Interesting correlation, because that's what they were talking about um, at that point in time. But it's funny, because when she was with Mason, I don't... You know how she kind of divulged a lot of information? I almost wonder, did she also twist the story? Because there were certain details they were mentioning towards the end of the conversation that weren't necessarily right, like the obsession part. That wasn't true, obviously. No. She's not obsessed. They both made a pact to help each other. So um, I think that the story was a little twisted, but just to benefit, I don't know, to get him to believe her, feel guilty. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, she knew she was going to kill him. Right, but so she wanted ma- to win him over, too. She wa- Yeah, that, you know, she became the pod piper and get him there, and then that's it. It doesn't matter what you know at that point, because I will kill you. Right. I mean, I don't think murdering someone's ever the answer because if she <laughs> obviously did. Well, I mean, I don't know. Necessarily, we can't speak for all the characters because clearly, like, it's happened before. But murdering somebody, especially Amanda, she's not as smart as Emily with her planning and making sure things go down and thinking about the next and the step. Thinking about the next step and the step before that. Yeah. So that everything matches up and lines up. But um, so I think if she would have murdered him, she, yeah, she would have thrown her life away and ruined her family and also ruined Amanda's. Yeah. You know, Inter- or Emily's, uh, Emily Clark's. Interesting how quickly Emily can think on her feet because I don't, I think she mm-hmm. had to adjust her plan a lot at that point. You know, in terms of, I think, I, you know, she certainly had a plan for Mason, but. And obviously it kind of carried out the way she kind of wanted it to go. But I would say probably like 50% of the plan she had this from was from the original. And 50% was, holy crap, I got to now react to Amanda going rogue. Right. And what's great about this all, though, is that since Emily came in, she fixed it, right? Yeah. And Nolan was at Mason's place and reworked his map to set him up for the murder of Gordon Murphy. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical. I mean, I honestly, I think that was in my predictions before or my theory that I believed they were going to set Mason up with the crime. Obviously, because he was the one that discovered it. It was easy, you know. Yeah. But I think it was so funny how he walks into his place, the authorities are there, and the map just has a picture of Conrad and Gordon. And, like, it was just, I mean, come on, like, him with his maps is just crazy in general, but when I saw that, I just thought it was, I was laughing. I don't know about you guys, but I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, like, well, of I, course. I, I can't remember which episode it was, but Emily definitely did say that she had a plan for Mason, and uh, so I wasn't that surprised that that they that, were he was set up right. So, um, 
so there it is. I, yeah. I, I was a little surprised that Mason agreed to this plan of just... Right? Yeah. I like, agree. Sure. Weird. Yeah, I'll just admit to these Well, I think, I think he was... He'll do anything for a book. Come on, guys. <laughs> well, uh, two things I think... Um, it came out of it. A, he was he was shocked, and that's why he kind of agreed to it. And then B, he was trying to kind of start his own plan, right? As soon as Emily told him that, hey, I'm the real Amanda, he was like, oh, my God. And then, uh, you know, as he says when he's talking with Kara, hey, isn't this what you wanted? You know, didn't you want the truth out? Didn't you want blah, blah? So, you know, he's he's trying to tease her in some weird way, like, I won't be controlled by you. And clearly... It turns out not to be the case, but yeah, I think uh, a lot of credit to Amanda or uh, Emily this week. Really revengey stuff, right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I feel like she was so close to being to ruining everything. I feel like she was really close to that, but she came out on top again. <laughs> but there were so many slip ups again this week. There people were people finding out information. There were, but um. Also, her she's gaining a lot more successes because she's trusting a lot of these people more. And clearly, we I mean, we've always known that Amanda's been ridiculous and, and you can't always trust her. You can trust her for some things, but, you know, uh, when push comes, like, if she clearly states that, hey, you know what, I'm not going to go along with this plan, this is too much, then all right, believe her. Um, but I think with Nolan and now Aiden, you can certainly trust them. Yeah. And she has been, and it's turning out for the better. But that's been something that I've been thinking about. Is the more people know about this plan of revenge, the more room there is for things to get messed up. And Have Monday meetings. <laughs> Monday meetings, I like it. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, revenge is something that you should probably keep, you know, on the DL. And I, I don't know. It seems like a lot of people know about this now. It's it's Nolan. It's Aiden. It's Amanda. Who else? Is I bet it? you Kara is going to find out soon that her, who her real daughter is because she keeps giving her hints. I mean, come on. Why does the godmother keep showing up? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. It's it's too many people. Too well, many people involved. Yeah, but I think I think ultimately. As no one says, like, you know, um, I'm, I'm protecting the only family that I have left. And so, you know, they're slowly but surely formulating some weird effed up family that needs to stick together. And they will just like the and, and the irony is just like the Conrads have to keep their secrets intact. They have to keep theirs or the, the fabric of their very existence will deteriorate. Fair enough. There you go. Uh, words from the wise. Um, <laughs> uh, let's kind of, you know what? Uh, we'll talk about the luncheon, but um, just to, just to take a side moment, let's talk about Aiden and Emily and how that's developing. I think they're I so them. cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think part of the reason why she kissed him tonight was because she now knows that Jack and Emily or Jack and Amanda are getting married and obviously she spoke with both of them and, and gave her blessing to Jack and all that. And so you think she's kind of like sad and in a vulnerable place and that's why she kissed him? Sad in a vulnerable place and like, you know what? I've got to move on with my life. Yeah. You know? And Jack's a poor guy and Aiden's cool. I mean, Aiden <laughs> and her have so much chemistry and that last scene where they started hooking up I was just like, it's about to happen. It's about to happen. Because, like, every time they're together, he's just so into her. Yeah. You know? And he's going he's gonna to serve a big purpose. For, you know what I mean? He can do a lot for her. Whereas, unfortunately, uh, you know, I like Jack a lot. But his life is just filled with so much sorrow. And it's just going downhill. It yeah. is. It's, it's been going downhill from the get-go. He's never wanted this kid. It was thrust upon him. The stowaway. You know, losing his father, dealing with Declan. Now he's in this grand scheme that he doesn't even—he isn't even aware of. He's ultimately going to lead the saddest life. I mean, yeah, they've definitely outgrown each other. She—you look at her and you don't picture her caliber with him. They yeah. just aren't on the same page. 
and especially, you know, uh, sad to say, like, you know, because Amanda is supposed to represent, like, a trashy, you know, not... I mean, exactly. she's crazy. She's a stripper. <laughs> and, Come on. And she's... Well, it's not because of that, but... Yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, she's leading Jack down this bad path, and after a certain amount of time, it's, you know, it rubs on him, and that's it. I think, you know, he's just going down a bad path, unfortunately. Let's go, Aiden. I like this. Yeah, Aiden. Yeah. Team Aiden. Yeah. There we go. All the way. <laughs> Some sexy action there. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's talk about the luncheon. That's the one thing revenge is missing, sexy action lately. There's nothing. Right? Hey. It's just revenge, revenge, revenge. Hey, we'll talk about the, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, Target, Neiman, Mar- Marcus ads. That, that was pretty sexy. That too, yeah. Yeah, we saw Padma's bloody foot. I think that's like as sexy as it's yeah. gotten lately. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so luncheon. The initiative is at the doorstep. I really liked it because you had so many things in motion at this place, right? You had Daniel, you had Conrad with his... I love the Q&A. <laughs> but you told them you would do a Q&A. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then he said, this is a disaster. Yeah. What is it not a disaster? Like, I, what, I know. What's the, what's the scale of like, you know what? This is going good. We've only had X amount of things come out of this, you know, blah, blah. Some drinks were spilled. Things were thrown people fought or whatever yeah you know, what's the what's the the, the what's disaster the, scale yeah that's it like where is the worst and where is the like least horrible i guess yeah <laughs> i don't know i mean it's always a disaster at the grayson household i think is the point he should be used to it by now i mean for real um i know he's used to victoria coming there with bad news but because he's like oh what's new every time yeah, yeah. That's about it. Um, well, specifically for the luncheon, I mean, we've kind of talked about the few various aspects, but let's talk about Kara specifically um, and her. And I, I didn't realize at the beginning how this plot line was kind of, kind of develop. You know, A, she wants out, blah, blah. And, uh, and as Emily says, you know, it's best for her to leave. And, um, you know, she goes stealth and she finds out the truth. And goes on this the truth about David Clark, which I I thought. What did you guys think of that? I thought it was really interesting how that all tied together, and now sort of, you know, again as we kind of discussed, but you know, it brings uh, Emily and the mom closer together because now they know the truth and they have a purpose. Ultimately, how did that bring Emily and the mom closer together? Because now maybe she can relate and help her in the plot of revenge, is what you're saying. Well, because. Um, you know, at the, now they, they uh, because she always, uh, Carl always thought Gordon was the nice guy, right? Mm-hmm. But now she's discovered the truth that Gordon killed David Clark. Okay. And whether or not, I, I mean, I, I, I'm still not 100% clear on her feelings towards David Clark, but, but, you know, any hatred that she might have had fully towards him is, you know, she's reconsidering. What if Gordon was lied to and the Graysons told him, you know, what if he was like everyone else, believed that David Clark was this horrible guy, so he did murder him, so that's why he didn't feel bad, like, seeing Kara after and marrying her, because it's not like it was an initiative thing, even though Conrad claims he works for the initiative. That's what he said. He said, oh, he's with the initiative or whatever, when they were in the suite. Um, I mean, you're right. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder if he was left in the dark, too. Because he had to have a motive for marrying Kara. It's either he really loved her or there was a motive. I think, I think, could have been, I mean, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think it could have been both to an extent. I think more so he loved her. I don't know. You guys can disagree with me, but I think more so he loved her, but there may have been a motive as well. That's just me. I think time will tell. Time will tell. <laughs> I agree. Uh, how great was that scene, though, when, uh, you know, she had them at gunpoint and all that? And, you know, what I liked was she was ner- very nervous about the whole thing. Yeah. Um, well, imagine getting two bombshells within, like, a minute. Yeah, I mean, this whole, I mean, she's always, she, she's hated the grace, and certainly Victoria. We thought last time she was going to, Victoria's on edge because she thinks she's going to get stabbed by Kara in any moment. Um, 
you know, now she's, she's got a gun to her. Very cool how um, she picked up on the fact of you looking for that gun. I've got it right here. Yeah. I thought that was a, it was a, it was a good twist because, A, the obvious choice is that, um, of course, Victoria could get it out of her bag, right? You know, because it was set up that way and no one would have said it otherwise. But it was a nice twist that, you know, it wasn't there and then, in fact, Carr had it. So, nice writing there. That was good. Yeah, you, you'll always see the gun again. Yeah, uh, third act, right? That's right. But it didn't go off the way we thought. <laughs> yeah. um, I thought the, the most interesting thing to come out of this was that, obviously, they don't suspect Aiden um, in terms of Victoria and Conrad. And they're suspicious of the initiative. Like, what are they up to? What are they doing? And how are li- our lives going to be affected? And, you know, I mean, because they knew, they knew they were probably going to get killed or could have been killed and you know that it was kind of carried out in this way but but now they believe that the initiative stopped it right so um what repercussions do you think that's going to have in their revenge plan against the initiative that the graysons have a revenge plan against the initiative yes i don't think that or they... conrad and victoria right the I don't think that they have a revenge plan against the initiative. I think that they're just prepared to confront them and take them on. I don't know. I mean, because they don't even know what the initiative wants from Conrad. Yeah. So I, I don't even know how, like, what their plan of attack would be. All Plus, right. well, they think that they just saved their lives. Conrad and Victoria think that the initiative just saved their lives. So I don't know that they have any moves to make at this point. Yeah, I don't think they're, they have moves to make either. And at the same time, the woman from the initiative now believes Daniel's taking over the company and there's a brighter future. So that might kind of settle them for a little, being that there may be more money being brought into the picture. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll certainly discuss some more predictions. Um We'll, we're going to get to news and gossip and some things uh, in a moment. But before we do, I want to tell you guys about um, a cool thing that we started here at AfterBuzz TV called AfterBlogs. Um, AfterBlogs are our written version of After Shows. Um, we do, you know, we, we're kind of doing, I think, to eight or nine at this point. You know, it's a thing that we just started a couple of weeks ago. So it's a nice way for those of you who want to continue your after show experience to, to read. Um, I think we have Homeland, Doctor Who, um, Dancing with the Stars, um, Survivor, Challenge. You have uh, Boardwalk Empire. Boardwalk Empire. Um, really, really great writing. Um, you know, because a lot of our hosts that do the shows here, while they enjoy doing the shows, some of them are actually really, really good writers, and that's their passion more so than to be on camera. And so we're giving them that opportunity. So go check it out. Um, you'll find some very insightful things. And the cool part is they actually, you know, unlike us, they have more time to think about it and research it. And so they give you the, the mm-hmm. perspective that, you know, um, that supplements what's said on the after show. You know, yeah. it's not meant to be against the, uh, against the grain. It's supposed to supplement it, thereby building the community here at AfterBuzz. And that's, that's what it's all about. That's right. That's why we encourage you guys to rate and comment and let us know about your feelings on any of the episodes, you know, we always take it into consideration. Um, all right, real quick, let's talk about the Neiman, Marcus, and Target ads and the storyline. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was cool, ultimately. You know, I didn't know where it was going and what the hell it was, but by the end, you know, I enjoyed it. I think it was really smart how they filmed because if you notice in the last Neiman, Marcus, Target interstitial, they had really great shots and they would like pan up a dress or you know what I mean show shots of the clothing that were really great and then have someone throw a line about it and honestly like as a woman I'm looking at the clothing and they're really doing their job with the advertisement so I thought it was like really well done I mean there was certainly a lot of sexiness whatever sexiness there might not been in revenge there was enough I mean Charlotte and her bra Hey, I don't know about you guys, but come on. But see, those are all details, right? That bra is probably from Neiman Marcus. Hell right? yeah. So, and you're you're focusing on it, right? So it's uh, in your head. Damn right I'm focusing was, on it. That was great, like, advertising right there. So I now think. guys everywhere are telling their girls, hey, 
get that bra. Finn <laughs> likes boobs. I like bras. <laughs> I bet. Uh, That's it. Only bras. <laughs> no, it was fun. You know, uh, I, was that Emily that was handing out the um, the packages in her amazing black Honestly, boots and you black never, pants? I think maybe they want to give you the idea it was Emily, but it was probably some model with long legs. I'm sure, but but you know, come on, right? It was. But like in our heads, yeah, I think. Well, Emily is the one that's doing all the revenge, so I would totally believe that she's. And she's with Nolan, so. Well, Emily and Daniel were not present at the party, so I don't know. Um, Ashley wasn't there either. Ashley was not there either. Which party are we talking about? The The last interstitial. Okay. Um, That party. You know, I I, th- I really liked how um, J- they included Jack and Emily, Jack and Amanda, and then um, Charlotte, then Declan. You know, and kind of a the Porter boys, and B you know um, obviously Charlotte and Emily or I keep getting mixed up. Charlotte and Amanda they like each other because quote they think they're sisters, <laughs> um, and how they were like dancing together like woo that was fun. I don't yeah. Know. Anyway, that was fun. It's cute. That's it was to, cute. That's all I have to say about that. Congratulations. That was a really, really good ad. Let's get to news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. Uh, am I reading this this week? You're reading that, yeah. I... All right, sure. Let's. <laughs> uh, so, for those of you guys, um, Salt, the movie, the director of it, Philip Noyce, is in early talks to Helm, the giver. Uh, the giver is also a book, for those of you who don't remember. It's a um, Nobel Prize Right. That's I don't know. I make this stuff up as I go. <laughs> anyway, uh, so he's in talks to direct it, and the reason why this is actually relevant is because Philip Noyce has directed many episodes of Revenge. So uh, you know, if there's any indication about what the Giver will look like or feel like, maybe it'll be in the vein of Revenge. So if you're a Revenge fan, go see the Giver when it comes out, which is probably in like a year and a half. <laughs> Maybe two. Yeah. Depending. We're, we have, we're on top of the news and gossip. Um, anything else from you guys? I just have, um, you know, uh, Ashley Mattaquay has a fashion blog called Ring My Bell. Uh, it's pretty cool. It's mostly pictures of her, but, you know, she's she's super into fashion and uh, is adorable. So. Why wasn't she in the ads? I don't know. It's a, maybe she wanted too much money. But, maybe. Uh, <laughs> but, but uh yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. So you might want to check that out. And then, uh, spoiler alert. No. There we go. <laughs> spoiler alert. Um, Ashley Davenport to uh, to be part of flashbacks from uh, the previous six years in New York. So this is the first time we're going to see Ashley in uh, flashback scenes because they have them a lot, you know, from Emily's like childhood or whatever. But uh, so we've never seen this before, but. You know, look out for look out for Ashley. I'm excited. Yeah, those yeah. it's that, and then Victoria's mom. I'm excited for. So, speaking of which, that concludes this week's AfterBuzz TV news and gossip. Let us get straight into predictions. And now your AfterBuzz TV predictions. All right. Uh, a, we won't be here next week, I guess. Um, Thanksgiving episode. What's most interesting is how. They're going to deal with the Nolan situation, you know. Like, is everyone just going to focus on Thanksgiving? They're going to forget that. <laughs> like, hey, we own No Corp, but you know, Thanksgiving is more important um, right now. I hope he has a pleasant Thanksgiving and not a depressing one. <laughs> uh, that would be horrible. Poor Nolan. And then, uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously, we're going to see um, the mother. I don't know. I just, I think the tease for this, like, I'm not as excited to see it Thanksgiving. I'll be excited by the Thanksgivingness of it, but that doesn't really say. I mean, there's so many storylines, and I'm sure they'll be a part of it. Like, I'm I'm gonna give them that because I think Revenge is too good not to do it. But I don't think like to put all your focus and advertisement into a Thanksgiving episode rather than all the cool storylines that you've now thrown our way is a mistake. That's just me. Well, yeah, but I think a lot of drama goes down. On Thanksgiving with the mother. Yeah, but it's all much what they were. But it's all family related. You know what I mean? Like there's greater things that they're dealing with that's outside of the family. I disagree because the thing is, I want to know Victoria's history. I want to know who, how she became to be the person she is. I know we've gotten some details about it, but 
I want to see like where she comes from. Same with Ashley because we don't know that much about Ashley. So I'll be excited to see her flashbacks that Anna was talking about because then we'll get a better idea of who this girl is and where she came from. All right, ABC, just put some bios up on the website. We'll figure no. it out. Like, come on, it could let's be continue juicy, the story. But there could be juicy drama and things brought up in their history that plays into the future. Yeah. Um, I don't get excited over that. I like That's just that. Me. Anyway. Let's make some short. Let's make some more Neiman Marcus ads and throw that in there. <laughs> and what do you think, Anna? I mean, I don't know. We just don't know. I just don't know. I, uh, I. Well, we have the next love triangle, right? We talked about with Pam. We did. We saw a clip of that, yeah, with Nolan a kissing a guy. We uh, saw it. Nolan, I thought, you know, Padma's gonna get you. What if Padma walks by and sees it, and she's like, "Oh no." Here's a prediction. He's not interested. Here's a prediction. Padma does find out about it, and never mind. No, say that's it. it. No, no, because you this can't is do so, that. No, because this is so dumb. Because I was gonna bring up like the David Clark thing, but like obviously, like they already know about that, and Grayson Global, yeah, is taking over because of it. So it's poor information now. Who cares? So fair enough. Well. Uh, I guess that concludes this week. Um, again, we encourage you guys to talk with us all week. Uh, we love talking about revenge. And, uh, you know, these are our initial thoughts. As we say, we get the conversation started, but you guys get to continue it via Twitter or Facebook at... Gabrielle underscore Loren on Twitter and Gabrielle Loren with the number one on Facebook. She's number one. <laughs> Hells yeah. You're number one. You can follow me at Koppel for Mayor, K-O-P-P-E-L-F-O-R-M-A-Y-O-R. There you go, because we want Koppel for Mayor. That's right. Someday, guys. Someday. <laughs> of, Sh- of Sherman Oaks. She hails from Sherman Oaks. She does. It's all about the Oaks. You can last a day in the Oaks, Phil. <laughs> I probably couldn't. But that's why we need you to be mayor. That's right. Um, anyway, you can find us here at AfterBuzz TV. Um, in the meantime, tweet at all of us. Um, it was Phil's birthday yesterday. Happy, happy birthday, birthday, Phil. Happy birthday, Phil. Woo. Who's that guy? Uh, <laughs> see you in two weeks. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 